Section 18 of Mark Twain's Autobiography. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Comment on Tautology and Grammar, written 1898, Vienna. May 6th. I do not find that the repetition of an important word a few times, say three or four times, in a paragraph troubles my ear if clearness of meaning is best secured thereby. But tautological repetition, which has no justifying object, but merely exposes the fact that the writer's balance at the vocabulary bank has run short, and that he is too lazy to replenish it from the thesaurus, that is another matter. It makes me feel like calling the writer to account. It makes me want to remind him that he is not treating himself and his calling with right respect, and, incidentally, that he is not treating me with proper reverence. At breakfast this morning, a member of the family read aloud an interesting review of a new book about Mr. Gladstone, in which the reviewer used the strong adjective delightful thirteen times. Thirteen times is a short review, not a long one. In five of the cases the word was distinctly the right one, the exact one, the best one our language can furnish therefore it made no discord but in the remaining cases it was out of tune it sharped or flatted one or the other every time and was as unpleasantly noticeable as is a false note in music i looked in the thesaurus and under a single head i found four words which would replace with true notes the false ones uttered by four of the misused delightfuls. And, of course, if I had hunted under related heads for an hour and made an exhaustive search, I should have found right words to a shade wherewith to replace the remaining delinquents. I suppose we all have our foibles. I like the exact word and clarity of statement, and here and there a touch of good grammar for picturesqueness but that reviewer cares for only the last mentioned of these things. His grammar is foolishly correct, offensively precise. It flaunts itself in the reader's face all along, and struts, and smirks, and shows off, and is in a dozen ways irritating and disagreeable. To be serious, I write good grammar myself, but not in that spirit, I am thankful to say. That is to say, my grammar is of a high order, though not at the top. Nobody's is. Perfect grammar, persistent, continuous, sustained, is the fourth dimension, so to speak. Many have sought it, but none has found it. Even this reviewer, this purest, with all his godless airs, has made two or three slips. At least I think he has. I am almost sure, by witness of my ear, but cannot be positive, for I know grammar by ear only, not by note, not by the rules. 
A generation ago I knew the rules, knew them by heart, word for word, though not their meanings, and I still know one of them, the one which says, which says, uh, but, but never mind, it, it will come back to me presently. This reviewer even seems to know, or seems even to know, or seems to know even, how to put the word even in the right place, and the word only too. I do not like that kind of persons. I never knew one of them that came to any good. A person who is as self-righteous as that will do other things. I know this because I have noticed it many a time. I would never hesitate to injure that kind of a man if I could. When a man works up his grammar to that altitude, it is a sign. It shows what he will do if he gets a chance. It shows the kind of disposition he has. I have noticed it often. I knew one once that did a lot of things. They stop at nothing. But anyway, this grammatical coxcomb's review is interesting, as I said before, and there is one sentence in it which tastes good in the mouth, so perfectly do the last five of its words report a something which we have all felt after sitting long over an absorbing book. The matter referred to is Mr. Gladstone's Boswellized conversations and his felicitous handling of his subject. One facet of the brilliant talker's mind flashes out on us after another till we tire with interest. That is clearly stated. We recognize that feeling. In the morning paper I find a sentence of another breed. There had been no death before the case of Cornelius Lean, which had arisen and terminated in death since the special rules had been drawn up. By the context I know what it means, but you are without that light, and will be sure to get out of it a meaning which the writer of it was not intending to convey. End of section 18 Comment on Tautology and Grammar, written 1898, Vienna.